0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Republic of Play podcast episode 3. My name is Darren, I'm be one of your hosts and I'm joined by my good friend Toby. Hello everyone. So Toby, episode 3, they didn't think we'd make it this far. Nobody believed
1: in us, but here we are.
0: Here we are indeed and uh, we're just going to get straight into the news. We have our news segments that we go kind of run through, then we're going to talk noteworthy releases that come out and then what we've been playing and essentially if you write in you can now go to our Discord and go to the podcast submissions channel and then just like drop any questions, comments, concerns, topics, ideas, things that you might want to see or hear from us or if something pops up in the week and you think, oh, you know what? I'd love to hear what Toby has to say about that. And then you just <laughs> <Says> absolutely nobody. <laughs> I mean, it's it's on everyone's everyone's <laughs> mind. Uh, you just go drop us a question or whatever there and it kind of helps, you know, it helps keep the flow of the conversation going. And that way we get to interact a bit more. It's actually interesting. Some people said like we should do this on Twitch so we could interact yeah. with Twitch chat and stuff. And that's kind of a nice idea, but I would rather at least try to do it in a podcast form where people write in and that way we just use their questions is it would be the exact same as being live because if we're talking about something and someone says oh what do you think of this there's no reason we couldn't have just got that before so it might be interesting if you guys can mobilize and uh write in some comments and stuff like that and we'll integrate them in the show we have a few uh
1: it was a fair bit of stuff this week
0: yeah and we have a few that can actually uh, that have been written in that we can add to some of the stories. Some people write in stuff to do with total war and paradox and stuff. But unless something relevant happens, I'm just saving those in a separate doc until stuff comes up. You know, people are talking about total war Troy to me quite a bit, and we've loads of questions regarding that. But until something pops up for the total war Troy news, we're going to leave it till then. The Things we we could both just ramble about total war for hours, but yeah. it's kind of a bit pointless unless there's something topical. Exactly uh so let's get to the news right so the first one is the half-life alex gameplay that came out they've released three videos now over on valve's channel uh three separate about almost 10 minute gameplay Mm -hmm. segments from the game it looks phenomenal i don't have a vr headset it's obviously on the valve index but it's on everything else as well i believe that's vr capable on steam uh and you're much more savvy and familiar with the uh half-life the Half-Life.
1: The Half-Life as it is known by fans like yourself.
0: Tell me about it. We we just watched a little bit, you know, in your in your living room just now. The third video just came out recently, and it does look phenomenal. I mean, like the the thing that stood out to me the most is um, you know, when they pick up a grenade or something and he he or she, I don't know, I think it's a female it's lead character woman, yeah. actually, le- leans her hand over like this uh kind of uh, crevice in a building like this hole Mm -hmm. and just drops it down, like, you know, the way, like... It's hard to describe through audio, but it pushes her arm out physically and just drops a grenade, lets her hand loose. Grenade falls down, blows up at the bottom of this building and kills people. But that's just stuff you can't really do in a normal first-person shooter. Like, you'd have to, like, try to somehow lean over, aim down, and then, like, do your traditional pull trigger... Drop it, kind of thing. It just doesn't really typically work as well. And so it's just that like fluid motion. And then you were saying as well, like the cover, the way they just pull everything around you seems to be obviously Valve is known for their physics-based stuff. Physics-based, you just open doors, use that as cover and stuff like that. It looks really, really impressive.
1: As you said, you know, I'm obviously a lot more Half-Life savvy. I've played all the games when I was when I was you know much younger and kept up to date since then. And this just looks absolutely amazing. I mean, oh my God, I don't even know where to start. I mean, the VR stuff looks 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 incredible. As we discussed, you know bits where she was running up to a bit of um you know a random car and then a combine was shooting at her and she pulled the door but you know a door open at the car door and used that as cover you know she was knocking holes in glass and then firing through glass and, and manipulating things through there and there seemed so much interactivity um and obviously you know although we've seen a few bits and bobs before this is the first time they really dumped a lot of the, a lot of the game in us a lot of the, of the things we saw the hacking mechanics that was all sort of sort of 3d movement based based system and gun upgrades and uh, yeah and, so
0: the the 3d movement system yeah. it looks like that there's multiple ways to traverse yeah. the terrain right so typically in these types of games obviously you can't really move around that no. much because you're in a vr space uh you can kind of take a few steps forward maybe back left right and so and so on but different games do these things differently on how you can kind of traverse you can kind of point and look and just teleport to different places or you can use hand gestures to kind of move yourself through terrain mm-hmm. Uh, what were you seeing in so, terms of movement in this?
1: So they've got three different types. I, I'm not 100 percent sure on the three. So I know they've got the traditional teleport method, where you, where you can look and teleport around. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got, I believe, um, a method that a few other games use, which is where you basically grip with your handset and you pull yourself along, a bit like you're skiing. It's kind of it's hard to describe, right. but it feels quite natural when you're actually doing it. Um, and then the, then the third one, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how that worked, but that looked so smooth. It might have just been using the D pad like a uh, you know um so using the analog analog sticks oh, like yeah uh, it, it might been. just be doing that i yeah, don't know because it seems so smooth um but i don't think they've or i don't think oh i don't know exactly with the specifics of the three different movement types but it seems like there's something for everyone um because things with vr no matter what you do there is still a high chance of motion sickness for a lot of people and Um, what they found over the last few years is that people tend to get motion sick in different ways. So for some people, teleport doesn't work. It's too jarring for, you know, for for your brain. But other people, it works fine and various other things. Um, Oh my God, it looks fantastic. And in terms of the, you know, the actual Half-Life things, you know, stuff itself. Because I think the reason so many people will be excited is, you know, Half-Life is one of the most beloved PC franchises of all time, or well, franchise mm-hmm. ever, but you know, primarily PC. That's where it, that's where it started off. Um, franchises of all time, and obviously, every you know, Half Life Three has been a meme for of course like seven, eight, nine, ten years, however long it's been. Um every time Valve post anything, people are like, "Half Life Three confirmed." That's yeah, been yeah. that's been going forever. Um, I think what seems so good about this is you know, although there's a lot of excitement when Alex was announced, there's also a lot of more old school Half Life fans disappointed, going, "Well." It looks like it's just going to be like a you know a VR game. They've tacked on a bit of Half Life stuff, and it's a bit of a bit of a rip off, and you know it's not really true to the games so and all that sort of things. But I think now, having seen the gameplay and, and seeing more information, it seems like it really is a Half Life game first and foremost. All the systems are the same. Everything that people are familiar with, with you know face huggers and um, and the tentacle monsters and and the head you know head crabs. Well, I said face huggers. Sorry, head crabs. Any right, yeah. Half Life <laughs> fan would kill me for saying kill fa- me saying <laughs> face huggers. The head crabs. Um, and the combat everything just seems so pure half life all the physics based puzzles seem the same. um you know the gravity gun stuff is awesome, so I think it really does feel like a pure half life game that they've then used v r to make better rather than an average v r game they've made they have tapped on a bit of half life too and I think it looks really good,
0: yeah, this is one of those I'd love to have seen how they recorded it. you know, I wish they mm. would have shown how big was their room and stuff, yeah. just to see also with that going back to the traversal, how they really. We're traversing around because it does. It just looks so fluid. Obviously, it's their video. They're presenting it. You know, they want to show it to be the best it can be, and probably. I would have to imagine won't be as smooth for everybody the way they and no. fluid the way they were showing it. But even even if it's like even close to that, it's still extremely impressive. The thing is, they they have had a number of this isn't the first bit of
1: it we've seen. We have had there have been a number of reviewers. who have had hands on time with demos of the game already, okay. and I've seen. And although they haven't been allowed to show all of the gameplay, there's been quite a lot of footage of them actually playing it and talking about it. So and it does seem fairly smooth. But obviously, as you said, this is Valve, you know, heavily you know, heavily um, choreographed and and, yeah, and, and everything it. here. So this this is the best it's possibly going to be. But I have seen a lot of reviewers play demos and things. And although they couldn't show everything, they have all been hugely positive about the movement systems and the options and stuff like that. So I've got high hopes.
0: Yeah, it, just looks, it looks like a next generation. Because the other thing is like VR, lots of people love VR. And I've, yeah. I've always found it really impressive as well. But it's mostly indie games, small yeah. companies trying to put together projects and stuff. And you can kind of see like a lot of potential. Uh, and some of the best games I feel like were like the... Um, I can't remember. Was it Elite Dangerous or, or yeah, sh- yeah? That looked that looked amazing, amazing. as well. And uh, driving games and games where you're in a cockpit, they typically seem to be the most polished, most AAA. But now that we've actually got really like a full on AAA, I guess yeah. you could call it FPS with a massive license behind it, like mm-hmm. you said. So it's it's just a really exciting time. And it makes I don't have a VR headset, but it makes me want to get one. Yeah, um, which leads us to our next point yeah so the next topic in news we have six points of uh, t- uh six news items i should say and this is number two so we have valve index vr kits expect to sell out of stock fast it's a bit of a weird headline but i'll just read the uh, sub caption here the valve index has been seeing massive shortages in supply across every region now with the index's new killer app sets released on march 23rd pre-orders have surged and the headset has been increasingly difficult to obtain to respond to the current shortage the developer will be releasing more valve index kits for sale. However, many sources are warning that the replenished supply is not only insu- is not only insufficient to meet the current demand, but also will not likely last for more than a few days. In a recent post, Twitter news source and leaker Steam database revealed that the latest wave of Valve Index virtual reality kits would be released on Friday, March 9th at 10am Pacific time. However, the leaker cautioned that Valve did not expect its, quote, available stock, end quote, to last during the weekend. And believed it would be all gone by last, but uh, by Monday. So basically, long story short, you know the coronavirus and some other things seems to be impeding. Well, since the pre-orders have gone live, the thing has just been like yeah. you can't get one, no. right? And there's these—I can't remember the name of the website—but there's like a stock tracker which shows you the different regions of what's in stock where. It's just been completely out of mm-hmm. stock. Literally, like gets one or two in hours later, it's gone. Uh, so they're obviously having production problems, whether or not it be due to the coronavirus alone or also just the extreme high demand of this game. Uh, remains to be seen. But either way, you can't get one. But they said that they were going to replenish the stocks before the game comes out. But it looks like, at least according to Steam database, that it's just not even going to be enough, even close to enough. And it's going to sell out within one to two days max.
1: Yeah, I guess guess maybe they just didn't see it coming that it was going to be so popular. But I'm surprised they didn't see it coming because... I mean, they released Half Half-Life Three. I said their their biggest their their biggest franchise, their most popular franchise. And although they've done a fantastic job of making it completely compatible with every VR device out there, hats off to them. They've done a load of work on all of them. They they've always said from day one, you know, this is built for the Index, and the Index is going to be the absolutely best way to play it. Um, but as you said, since it launched, what has been, nine months ago, something like that, or something along those lines, it's been impossible to get on, unless you first name Gabe, you cannot get your hands on this thing, <laughs> basically, it's, it's impossible. Um, and I think they said the other day that the coronavirus has just made that even worse, as you said, yeah. they've had to factory shutdowns and all sorts of things like that, so... It is a shame, but there are a lot of other good options out there for people who, who do want to play. Who do want to play, Alex? Yeah. I mean, so
0: you're going to be using the Oculus Quest.
1: The o- Oculus Quest. Yeah. That's that's my personal, my personal one, just because of the ease of, um, you know, the ease of mobility. Yeah. And, it'll be and really
0: interesting. So Actually, I guess I'll be able to try yeah, it as well. when it. I Come over here next time, and or next time you have it. Anyway, when when's that? I guess. So probably, out on the 20th, March, like March twenty third. Yeah, yeah. So 30, I'll, yeah. After, I'll have it. That so day, in an episode so. or two, uh, depending on our schedule, of course. Um, I'll be. We'll both be, be able to try it, and you'll be able to report back Absolutely. and how the Quest has kind of served that. Uh, so it should be interesting to see, but um, yeah, it's kind of interesting just because from the fact that it's it's almost like a console with just one launch title. You yeah. know, it's like a piece of hardware that you kind of have to own to play this. So it's like, yeah, your game is super demanding, but will people go out and buy like a couple hundred dollar, three hundred, four hundred dollar machine? Oh no, no, the 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 index starts at a grand. A grand, it's the most
1: expensive one. It starts at a thousand. Oh pounds. shit! I was just going
0: by like what the other a ones are priced pounds, by. I haven't I haven't looked yeah, at the index at, at all damn uh, and it goes up from there that's
1: that's that's just the basic and then you've got there's a few other additional sorry for being uninformed well. on that i just
0: haven't looked at them because i know i can't get one it's yeah basically... no it's
1: the, it's the most expensive most high-end one that so there it's is even more than the vive wow but yeah significantly more
0: well okay <laughs> 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 i'm not going to be getting that one then. Um, but yeah no i can't wait to see like how review what i was going to say as well it'd be really interesting to see what kind of concur- concurrent players it's, the game's going to end up getting on yeah. steam because obviously it is such a big title, but it requires VR. So it be interesting to see mm-hmm. how many people are trying it.
1: It's also, it's also a single-player game. And obviously we have no idea at this point the replayability. I mean... Yeah, I, I how long sh- it is. I would assume, it, obviously Valve are normally very good at allowing modding and stuff like that. And that's what's kept Counter-Strike alive. But is that possible? I don't, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. I don't know if the... Like, well, that's the, the first thing you the, think the is, would they try and that? mod
0: it yeah. so that you can play it without a VR headset? Yeah, That would probably be like one of the biggest things that oh, someone oh, will try that and will do. Because yeah. if it's the source engine which is like pretty moddable. Mm-hmm. Then you'd imagine they could try it. But you'd also imagine that they'd probably try and prevent that yeah. if they could. Well, the things,
1: I mean, a lot of other games are, are jailbroken and are modded into VR and stuff. So I'm yeah, sure it is possible. But um,
0: but the game looks like it relies on VR so heavily that exactly. I don't even know. You'd have to like design whole It'd systems hard, basically yeah. on how to do things. But yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting. All right, moving on. So number three EA has canceled a Star Wars Battlefront spin-off last year. This news just came out from Kotaku. So Jason Schreier of Kotaku writes that, quote, last spring Electronic Arts canceled a planned spinoff of its popular star wars battlefront series this latest game codenamed viking was originally envisioned for release in fall 2020 alongside the next generation of consoles but once it became clear to ea's executives that the timeline was unrealistic viking was no more end quote the game was due to be a collaboration between ea vancouver and criterion but problems of cross-country development occurred splitting the vision for the game it became clear that the game wouldn't be done in a year and a half so the game was scrapped for, and the fall 2020 hole is going to go unfilled. Criterion has moved back onto Need for Speed, and Vancouver is leaving help with Apex and Anthem. I just need to scroll down. Uh, so since EA obtained the Star Wars license from Disney in 2013, they've released three games on console and PC, Battlefront in 2015, Battlefront 2 in 2017, and the recent Jedi Fallen Order at the tail end of 2019. Viking is the third Star Wars game to be cancelled by EA, and they currently have two Star Wars projects still in the works, a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order and another unannounced project at EA Motive in Canada. So basically, this is just newsworthy story, just obviously because EA are now getting notorious for cancelling these Star Wars mm-hmm. games and mismanaging their product. I think they've had it now for nine years as yep. an exclusive deal or somewhere around that number. They've released three games and they've cancelled three games that we know of. Um and it just seems to be like a really unfortunate situation where they kind of have the keys to this uh, series and this yeah. franchise. Obviously, that's been given to them by D- uh, Disney, uh, you know, obviously through some exclusive deal of some sort. And nobody knows when that deal is up or what the conditions of it are. But you'd think that it would behoove Disney to now maybe look for another partner, or even EA to look for other studios. Um, you know, I heard rumblings when I was on on the inside of, of the industry that they look for studios to potentially pitch them ideas of what they could do, yeah. maybe for an RTS or other variations Mm -hmm. of games. Like, they have the FPS stuff kind of locked down with uh, DICE. But, you know, you think, like, even a pod racing game, a racing game, why not have, like, a Star Wars game for every genre? EA could print money.
1: All they'd have to do is remake a few of the old-school... I don't know if you've played them, but some of the Mm -hmm. the most famous old-school Star Wars games, like they had Star Wars TIE Fighter and a few of the older, super well-respected Star Wars games. If they remade them, they would just absolutely print money for a relatively low-effort project. Well, that's the thing. Um, They don't even have
0: to, like... uh, do anything it's almost like a safe bet because these games are tried and true and tested and people like their design so it's like we don't even have to do anything too crazy you can make an Empire at War 2 or or something like that Um, Um, but other than that I mean it's you know it's ea
1: ea mismanages a game has to cancel it shock i mean no. yeah i mean oh no we never hear that happening do, do we? exactly but i mean i don't know how they thought they could ever release a battlefront game in 18 a- months or so yeah, yeah it's absolutely ludicrous i wonder um, what
0: it would have been be like the star Wars battlefront spin-off like what's a spin-off yeah, of a battlefront game yeah I, I have no idea what yeah i think we've got no we I wish no you had more about, information really. about that it'd be um, kind of cool to know um but yeah it's kind of interesting then as well just the fact that like they they seem to just want to throw their studios at it they're like okay yeah. criterion and vancouver they'll handle this but the mm-hmm. realities of working halfway across the globe from each other yeah. and you know it's just and then apparently like the engine uh what's it called uh frostbite is yeah. just really complicated to work oh, with so splitting is. development but like that and then having different uh vision design for or uh, design vision for from different studios and stuff just seemed like they couldn't come to an agreement on no. anything and it all fell apart just EIB being ea really i I've been playing Dead Space recently, and it just irks me so much that like they just butchered that franchise. Dead Space One. Yeah, I've been playing oh Dead, my Space God, 1. Dead Space One. So good. Yeah, I love it's it. So good. I love Dead Space One and Two. Yeah, Two not so much as much no. as One, but people, some people really love Two. Yeah, and then Two's 2 still a legitimately good game. Not 3, as good as One, but Three Three is Three is just unbelievable. Awful. Awful. the studio doesn't exist anymore so it's really Plastic. sad visceral and funny talking about visceral actually yeah. they were one of the studios that were making a Star Wars game yeah, that cancelled yeah, and Amy Hennig was the one leading it who was well uh, oh, not leading it but I think writing the story who writes the stories for Uncharted 1, 2, yeah. 3 but yeah um, rest in peace I guess to that game rip Press F. Well, it'll be interesting, I guess, to see what EA Motive are working on next for their next Star Wars project. And they still have that Knights of the Old Republic game, yep. and they have that Galaxy Command mobile game as well.
1: Yeah, well, Knights of the Republic is supposed—that's not that long way. I mean, that shouldn't be too. you I've, play?
0: Have you played Battlefront 2 recently? Yes,
1: I have. Um, not since they had that big new—they um, had a big new relaunch, life expansion. Yeah, they added thing. like Geonosis, and then they kind yes. of updated a bunch of things. Yeah, obviously, hand the, hand the hand microtransaction
0: stuff has been kind of long gone. Yeah. I, I liked it.
1: and I have played, played a fair bit of it, but it was just never as good as the old Battlefronts to me. It just the same. It just never felt. I don't. I don't know what exactly. What I couldn't put my finger on why it's different, but it is different, and it doesn't feel the same. And I've
0: never really um, well for me. It's for it me personally. Way. It's like that star card system that they have. Oh, this weird progression. Terrible. People are like flying around with these purple cards that make them really powerful, and you, everyone can get them now. It used to be that it was yeah. that microtransaction kind of locked behind that, sort of. Anyway, at least yeah. horrible dice roll chances of getting awful. one. But now it's just the natural progression of the game where you have to get like to the max level to be able to use that stuff. So it basically means that, at least from when I played it, I could be wrong, I haven't played it in about three or four months. But mm. when I did recently play it, at that Geonosis update, um, you still had to like progress all the way up and then you'd become better than those around you. Yeah. And I just don't think that's good for a multiplayer game. No, you I want mean. everyone to be kind of on an even playing field. And then, like, get your Jedi's or whatever the hell it is but that I run think, around to them. I'm, I'm sure you remember from Battlefront
1: 2, I think it was, when <clears throat> the best moments in that game were always you had these big siege type environments yeah. where you had multiple vehicles on either side, like, you were invading Hoth and you had the ATATs coming in and everything moving forward. Um, and also, and obviously, you had the, um, the the starship battles where you had to get on a starship, go land in the enemy hangar, yeah. and then have a fight there whilst the whilst the star combat was going on.
0: Why have they not done that? It like, was so good. I don't know. Yeah. It was
1: so good because
0: yeah, they they added like ATATs and stuff that that was in the game when it yes. came out. But they're on rails. You don't have yeah, full control of exactly. them anymore. It was never the same. And then like yeah, with the space battles, it's not quite the same either. You don't no. like it's it, you don't seem to have as much. Player control and no, what you do exactly. That's the and then I remember, the like, yeah, flying around and bombing the different parts of yeah, star destroyers yeah. and stuff, taking things offline, then landing inside yeah. and oh, it was de- fantastic. Detonating the
1: cores, yeah, and yeah that's stuff. Like, take so the cool. shields down so you could land. And then you have to fight through the hangar yeah. bay and all this sort of stuff. It was incredible. And they
0: were the same to you. It was fantastic. That would be an amazing game. I mean, Battlefield Brilliant. has something like that. Um, yeah, the, um, a, the, the the naval assault yes, thing where you've got your assault. two ships. You yeah. have to take off their artillery bombard them until the doors open up get yeah. in and then it's a rush game mode yeah. to get to the center it's so cool yeah awesome just do that <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's what i mean i just assumed that was going to be the game because everybody loved that and it was it wouldn't i'm sure it couldn't be that much work compared to what they did it just yeah well, they, i mean we might be um what's the word in the minority here because the game is actually doing a lot better a lot of people are playing yeah. and telling me that it's like it's really good now it's really good now but every time i play it i just can't get it no, out of my head either. that I hate this progression system. Absolutely. I want to just be able to do what I used to be able yeah. to do. It does still... Everyone knows this. It looks amazing. Oh, it's fantastic looking It's game. the best looking Star Wars game ever, but it just lacks something. I yeah, I, I
1: completely agree. It just doesn't oh. lack something. It does lack something.
0: Uh, okay, so moving on to number four. GDC has post- being postponed due to the coronavirus health concerns. After several high-profile developers and publishers announced that they would not be attending due to potential health risks posed to their teams... GDC officially postponed the show themselves, which was scheduled to take place March 16th for several days. An official statement accompanying the an- announcement uh, of the GD- on the GDC website read, quote, Having spent the past year preparing for the show with our advisory boards, speakers, exhibitors, and event partners, we're genuinely upset and disappointed not to be able to hold host you at this time. It then continues. We fully intend to host a GDC event later in the summer. We will be working with our partners to finalize the details and we'll share more information about our plans in the coming weeks, end quote. On the FAQ page of the website, expo attendees will be eligible for full refunds, as will those who booked rooms inside the GDC room block. But for those who booked flights and hotels externally, they'll not be able to get a refund. Several talks and the Game Developers Choice Awards will still go ahead in the form of a Twitch stream. We got someone who wrote in about this. Dan Suso wrote in and said on the subject... A coronavirus impact on the games industry is E3 also in danger, or the manufacturing of the new consoles? So this is a really good question, I think, and it's just mm-hmm. a really interesting thing that the coronavirus really does seem to be impacting so many Absolutely. parts of the industry all over the world. Not not just the games industry, tech industry, production. I and mean, you've seen and that I
1: think I think it's six trillion dollars of inwise of the world economy by right? all the stock markets crashing over the last week.
0: Yeah, so I saw um, that the Dow Jones fell like three thousand points or something. Yeah, it did. It's um, climbing back up, but it was like a massive tanking yeah. when that news kinda came out. So it's, it's, cr- it's crazy. It like, crazy. It's just, it's actually like, it you kind of hear about it rumbling for like the last few months and it's like, oh, it's this thing in China and yeah. then it's like spreading. To, oh, a few cases have been popping up in England. It's like, okay, whatever. But it's like, actually, it's still kind of building up and getting yeah, a bit more it's, uh, it's a serious. And now people are like really on quarantine and lockdown. Yeah. It's like, well, we're not going to these events. We're not going to risk it. And it's, and rightfully so, you know, if I was in charge of an event, like Sony, I think, uh, pulled out of going to it or Naughty Dog, it might've been, uh, of going to yeah. PAX, I think it was, mm-hmm. because of a similar thing. And it was because, you know, if you were making The Last of Us and you, do, you don't want your... Imagine the, the situation of a few of your members going to PAX or or GDC, coming back and then infecting like most of yeah, the studio, the exactly. gets the delayed. Whole is gone. You could have a real impact. Like if even if like half your workforce or even let's say even a, a quarter of your workforce has to just be sick for a yeah. little while. Um, that's a it's a pretty big... It's, it's a big risk that you do not Absolutely. want to take. So it's a good thing. I think that people are just postponing these events. Definitely. It is a shame, a lot of, uh, GDC is obviously an event, it's Game Developers uh, Conference, so it's not really a media event, it's really meant for game developers to go to it, meet up with other game developers, uh, sign publishing deals, Mm -hmm. find publishers for their games, find work in different studios and things like that, so a lot of people do actually rely on it um, when they're out of work or Mm -hmm. if a studio is closed this year, you know, they go to GDC to try and make those connections, so it is a, a really unfortunate thing. It's good that it's technically only postponed, but who knows? Yeah down the line, you know, what the coronavirus situation will be, better or worse, it might not happen at all this yeah. year. And then um,
1: on Dunsuso's question, obviously, will it, you know, is is E3 in danger and, and the new consoles? Well, firstly, I think E3 definitely is in danger. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see how things are in a few months because who knows how the situation, everything could have died down. It could be just as bad as it is now. It could be worse. So, yeah, feel, I mean, there's no way that E3 are not thinking about this right now and everyone... and any big companies attending E3 they're definitely thinking about it I this think right they now. did
0: just recently say that they're planning to go ahead with it yeah. but of course like if things escalate exactly. in a few months then they might not be able to yeah. however the e- E3 are run by the ESA and half yeah. their income comes from E3 so they might just go ahead with it regardless because yeah. they kind of need to financially But however well, people won't go surely exactly yeah so it's it's not really about whether or not they're going to continue it i don't think it's whether or not developers are going to go there mm-hmm. because these also i mean game events a, it's it's not the most hygienic place. <laughs> I was going to make a comment about it, but
1: I didn't know how to tactfully mention it. Yeah, um. it's.
0: I mean, I know there's like a, a a meme or what is it, a stereotype, I yeah. guess you could call it, about gamers being uh, not the cleanest. But it is true. I've been to these game events. People stink. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I don't know why that is. But it, it, it's, it's these crammed halls. It's hot. You've got a lot of people there. Did, Toilets are like overflowing. Did you see
1: a picture of it's, this is Comic Con, so it's not quite the same, but the same mm-hmm. thing. There was, there was a girl at the front of um, at the front of the Comic Con doors, in front of the line, saying, "If you can afford Comic Con tickets, you can afford deodorant." <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean it's,
0: she's not lying. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it is it is just crazy. I mean, not it's not most people; it's no. a, a, a small fraction of people. But you definitely notice that when you go to these events yes. that you're rubbing elbows with people that really are a bit sweaty we don't want to be rubbing elbows <laughs> yeah so and then obviously you know you're shaking hands with developers and it's just like a very like mm. uh, communicative kind of thing where you're kind of yeah you have a high chance of getting sick basically and then these food halls and stuff you know it's not the most hygienic kind of situations to be in so you hope at least i would hope at least that if e3 do go Mm. ahead with it there's like extra sanitary things in place and if you're planning to go to e3 or any of these events because this year e3 is supposed to be more of a consumer show yeah where they've opened it up for more tickets and more people to go so it's even even more potentially risk Mm. uh uh, risk averse or not averse um risky risky (laughs) so uh yeah. yeah, so basically if you're, if you're going or if you're going to any of these events, just be like extremely, extremely safe. Carry those yeah. like little sanitary uh, wipes with you and stuff like that. And gels. Um, the, then the second part in terms of the manufacturing, I think I, I'm, I'm I was
1: definitely one of them, but I'm sure it was both of them. They both said that, the, that it has already been affected, I believe. Um, yep. A huge amount of manufacturing in tech is all done in China. It's all been affected. Um, Apple's been massively affected. Sony's been affected. A bunch of other companies have been affected too. And um, obviously now is the worst time. They're ramping up probably making massive, massive stocks now of, um, of the PS5 and the Xbox. Um, what's it called? Series X. Series X. Mm-hmm. Um, Series X. Um, so it's obviously going to hit them at a very, very tough time. And um, you know, you never know because it may work in their favor. If, if it's for both of them, it may work in their favor because it's going to be make things more exclusive when they launch and then maybe stocks will be a little bit lower. But if it just is going to hit one of the companies harder than the other, then it's going to affect them massively because both are going to launch at a very similar time, as we know they always will. And if it comes down to, well, I was going to get, you know, people who are middle of the road, well, I was going to get the Xbox, but that's, you know, I can't get that one for another two months because of, um, yeah. because of manufacturing or vice versa. That's going to favor one side or the other massively.
0: I think for sure manufacturing, well, they have said it's being yeah. impacted, but I think it will continue to be impacted. But I don't think they're going to delay the consoles or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think PlayStation and Xbox are coming out this year, no matter what. Yep, and if it's a shortage, it's a shortage. Yep. You know, that's probably just what they'll have to do because mm-hmm. they, can't, they can't afford to not go with it. Um, it would be absolutely crazy, though, if they d- did delay console launches like that. But, um yeah they're going to happen but a lot of people are speculating that's why sony just haven't said anything for a while because things just aren't ready and they're just not sure yet what's going to happen what the price is going to be because the other thing is prices of the price of all these uh components is going up because the demand Mm -hmm. is so high for the manufacturing now uh so it's it's really affecting everything it's quite interesting Mm -hmm. to see how how much of a knock-on effect is having
1: well obviously when we have some more information we'll talk in more detail about the the consoles as well because we can talk about them for a while but um, uh, I've just
0: seen how long point 0.5 is on this, down. So I'll I'll, I'll I'll be back in a few minutes. I'll make a cover. I'll see you then. Well, yeah, no, it's worth mentioning. This is a really interesting topic, actually. Uh, so number five, GOG, Good Old Games. I was trying to think good what it stood for. <laughs> God, I'm an idiot. Good All right, games. number five, Good Old Games updates their refund policy, extending playtime and conditions needed for a refund. So a blog post on GOG.com updated consumers as to the new policy change, summarizing game changes with, quote, starting now, summarizing the changes with quote starting now you can get a full refund up to 30 days after purchasing a product even if you downloaded launched and played it that's it end quote the blog points to an faq pretty much clarifying that refunds can take place on all forms of content including gifts to the original customer of course pre-order content early access titles and dlc that isn't part of an original bundle the question on many consumers minds is if there's any limitations placed on this any uh, on the amount of refunds And a question this was answered in their FAQ. So it reads, quote, We trust that you're making informed purchasing purchasing decisions, and we use this updated voluntary refund policy only if something doesn't work as you expected. This is why there are no limits, but instead we reserve the right to refuse refunds in individual cases. Please respect all the time and hard work put into making the games you play, and remember that refunds are not reviews. If you find the game... If you finished the game and didn't like it, please consider sharing your opinion instead. Also, please don't take advantage of our trust by asking for an unreasonable amount of games to be refunded. Don't be that person, nobody likes that person." Many developers are voicing their concerns on Twitter and social media that the system may be too open to abuse and that they weren't consulted about it. When combined with the fact that GOG's games are DRM-free, it enables users to actually refund the games and keep playing them. And that's pretty much it. So it's quite uh, a big, rapid policy yeah. change. There's also further articles written about the fact that developers weren't warned about this, and they're you know they're kind of up in arms about what it could mean for them potentially. Um, um, so, so what do you think?
1: Personally, I love this. I think it's fantastic. Well, it's I mean, super consumer friendly. Obviously. Super consumer friendly. The thing is, good old games. They're not EA. They're not Origin. They're not Steam. They have always been the smaller, little brother. They've always been the consumer friendly guys, DRM free guys. Yep. The guys you can you know you can go to to get all these great deals on, on previous games. They do a lot of work themselves with. Um, you know, making old games compatible with Windows 10, and et cetera, they've always been the good little guys in terms of the um, sort of the storefront the, yeah the storefront, yeah, mm-hmm. the storefront industry. Um, so I think for them, this makes complete sense because it's exactly who they've kind of always been. Um, so this matches a lot of um, some other online services that Amazon do. So I'm sure you know Kindle for books and stuff like that mm-hmm. and Audible for audiobooks. For example, they are both have the same policy where you can refund whatever, whatever, yeah. um, you could technically have read a whole book and refund it although that would be you know a dick move and you did that multiple times like gog have mentioned it wouldn't go down well yeah. you could do it um and it's fine i think to be honest this is this is in the future most refund policies are going to be like this um just because obviously they you know they will just monitor your account if they think you're taking the piss or you know you, you've been playing a game for 200 hours and you got well, a refund but this. the
0: thing with gog is it's drm free true so they can't actually check how long you've been playing anything and yeah. they don't know if it works True. so that's kind of why i think that they've just ended up going with this because it's like well we can't track you anyway so we kind of have to take you on your word yeah. so we'll just take you on your word to the nth degree mm-hmm. where you can basically do whatever you want but, um so yeah i mean obviously i don't know the up, to, up to 30 days after purchasing so yeah. i guess if it's longer than a month if you bought it after a month you can't get it back so obviously we'll see in six month time, if this is
1: still the case, or if they release anything, but my personal opinion is, I don't think this. I think this won't hurt them at all. I think I do. Yeah. I think this will just looks good for them. I think obviously, you know, you always get the amount of. There's always going to be a few people who abuse the system, whatever the system is. But it's a tiny, tiny amount. I think compared to the goodwill they will get. So yeah, I, this is a great move. I mean,
0: I personally agree. I think. Um... As long as that they, as long as they can identify people who are abusing yes. it, and they can like put a stop to that, or at least just deny them a few reviews. Once yeah. you once you get denied a review a couple of times, you'll probably stop. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, not a review, a refund. Yes. Once you get denied a refund, you're probably not going to then take a risk on buying a bunch of mm-hmm. other games and trying to refund them. Yeah. So I'm sure that that'll kind of curb that. I really like the phrase they've used
1: there, refunds are not reviews. That's a really good, that's a very good phrase, isn't it? Because
0: it's like, we don't want people to just mass review bomb or refund bomb, I guess, the game, just because a developer says or does something. That's a big concern, I suppose. If a developer comes out like an EA game or something and they say they do something and then suddenly they start getting all these Refunds? What are they going to do? Are yeah. they going to let people all refund if they've never had one before? Well, that'll be interesting to see because that's essentially a refund bomb. Right? Yeah. If suddenly everyone's refunding based on a well, business practice. Like, like,
1: well, like, um, like Warcraft Three. Yeah, so basically, like, it's Warcraft. like the
0: game works. Yeah. And uh, but I think more what they're saying when they say you know um,
1: refunds are, are not reviews is they mean you know if you buy a game but. It's not quite right, or it's not quite what you expected it to be. That is not worthy of a refund. It's, it's if it's not something egregious that's true, and, and massive, right. like this game doesn't work, or they false advertised this. It's not just like a well, it wasn't a ten out of ten. I only played it for twenty five hours, and it wasn't my favorite yeah. game ever. That's not you know this is that is not a good enough excuse to refund the game. You still had the games, you know, the legitimate game there. They haven't lied to you or misled you. Yeah. Um, I think that's co- what they mean, which I completely agree with.
0: Well, it's interesting as well because Steam has their i didn't think it was fun option, but they do have their two-hour rule on that i guess technically yeah so yeah be interested to see how it all pans out and will steam try to keep up with that or will they just leave it i mean develop it'll be i'd be most interested to see what developers say if they see their games suddenly being refunded a lot more than before and and so on and so forth a lot of indie developers says it's going to impact them the most Mm -hmm. i actually don't agree with that i'd say that it'll impact big developers more i would say so because they're the ones where you think like most people are probably like, well, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter if Activision get keep my money or whatever, whatever company, yeah. you know, but it does probably matter if an indie company gets it or not. Uh, yeah,
1: exactly. And I also think there's a much lesser chance of you reviewing. Uh, so if you were funding a five pound game that you buy and, and, you, and you play for now an and you think, well, ugh, I took a chance on it. Wasn't yeah. quite right for me. And as you said, GOG, although they've got a, a lot of AAA games in there and big games these days, they're primarily indie games or games from the past um, that have been brought up. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't see it hurting many people
0: All right, so let's move on to number six. The There's actually seven in total. I thought oh, there was six. So, go. number six Baldur's Gate 3 reveal and gameplay. The game looks amazing. It's a CRPG with turn based combat made by Larian, the developers behind Divinity Original Sin. Uh, the game will be early access and featured an in-depth two-hour live presentation showcasing party management, RPG mechanics, and various combat scenarios. It aims to feature exclusive, it aims to feature uh, uh, exclusive Stadia features such as playing, watch, playing players watching Stadia content on YouTube and then interacting with the game world. No full details on that yet. I stuttered over that because I had rewritten it just recently because I yep. thought that they said that that was going to happen, but it is just them attempting to saying that they're going to try and do it, basically, then actually delivering it. It was uploaded on their Stadia channel, which I thought was interesting as well. So
1: I just want to start from the start from the very end then, and cover the Stadia stuff first because we can talk about the the game in more detail. But Go for um, it. something they actually mentioned as well, you didn't mention there that they did just say is is a pipe dream, but well, not necessarily a pipe dream. Something they think could be doable, but isn't isn't um, confirmed anyway yet. Is they were talking about how. You could be watching someone stream on the stadium, watching a stream on the stadia, and then you launch it, and you can basically pick up the game at that point yourself. Um, right. So you can pick up that save game type thing from 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 right at that point. You could press you know press a button, and then you will start playing the game from that point. Interesting. Um, and they said that mm. they they um, they had some statement the other day and they were saying the, techni- the technical sorry limitations of that don't exist. They they that is physically possible for them to do, but it is still tough. Yeah. Um, to be honest, that was the most exciting bit of the Stadia stuff because, I mean, the rest of it...
0: Yeah, well, that that is interesting. I mean, obviously, with running a game in the cloud, I guess, and mm-hmm. just beaming back the video footage, you could then potentially just take their save. Yeah, I don't know. Could they split their... I'm just trying to think how they'd actually do that. The yeah, way the way know. I could imagine it would be done is they'd literally just take your save, pop it onto mm-hmm. another stadium machine, beam it back to you. Yeah. But you wouldn't be picking up exactly where they left off. You'd be picking up from their recent save. Yes. Now, if they have some way of actually somehow partitioning the state of the game onto another server and mm. letting you literally pick up in the middle of a boss fight that someone else is doing that would be kind, of, be, kind of wild um i don't know if i'd ever want to do that but oh, it would no, just it'd be impressive. yeah exactly it'd be amazing that you could <laughs> it'd be
1: impressive um, but, you know other than that i mean the game looks fantastic i know we were talking about this very very briefly before we before we went live and mm-hmm. i played a lot of divinity, divinity original sin um and a huge amount of Divinity Original Sin 2. I played uh, both of them extensively, Um, you know, finished both of them. They are absolutely fantastic games. I think, you know, nearly everybody agrees that um, Divinity Original Sin 2 is probably the best CRPG and and sort of Dungeons & Dragons style RPG that exists. Um, And I think any of you that have uh, have played the last two games will see that Baldur's Gate 3 is essentially a a carbon copy and improved version, you know, an improved version of that. It seems to take a big departure away from the old Baldur's Gate styles, um, and seems to have basically just taken the Baldur's Gate story, um, put it in the sort of Divinity Original 2 wrapper, but then obviously made a number of changes and everything as well, and it looks absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah, I wish um, we didn't actually get anyone that wrote in about it, but I was talking to people about it in my Discord uh, when they were watching it, and they are big fans of the old Baldur's Gate games yeah. as well. So just from a little bit of reading around, I haven't played Baldur's Gate before. Mm-hmm. So I was interested to see what do people think, because people were talking about how the combat's now turn-based, which is a departure from how the combat worked before. But people said that, at least just in anecdotally in, in my circles, they were saying that, well, the combat wasn't really a big part of what made Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 that no. good. So that, And they thought that the turn-based combat actually looked really good. You mentioned that there's a lot of shared assets between yeah. Divinity Original Sin and this run at Baldur's Gate 3, but also that um, that was just placeholder apparently. Yes, so
1: a lot of people, there were a lot of comments, obviously everyone's commented on this saying it looks fantastic and, uh, and I don't think anyone's disagreed with that. Mm-hmm. But there were quite a few comments mentioning how a lot of the art assets, a lot of the um, visual effects and things are pulled straight from, from, from DOS two. But I think they mentioned straight away that most of these are placeholders and they did the exact same from DOS 1 and DOS 1 and DOS 2 as well. When they, Divinity Original Sin 2, when the first gameplay demo that came out, there was a huge amount of assets from um, from DOS 1 that um, that they then changed for release and they would completely, completely yeah. altered. Um, but
0: did, did you ever play um, Pillars of Eternity or any, or any of that? No. So I I always look at these games and I think they look so cool. Yeah. Like, uh, wow, what's the other one? Tyranny. Have yeah. you seen that one by yeah. Obsidian? Um, obviously, Pillars of Eternity is Obsidian yeah. as well, I guess. And but uh, then got Kingmaker. I can't remember how it's called.
1: It's another really famous one too. Um,
0: Pathfinder Kingmaker. Pathfinder Kingmaker. Yep. Yeah. So these games, I look at them. Their art is so beautiful, and I just think it looks great. And I really want to play them. But they mm-hmm. are, for me at least, they seem to be huge time sinks. They are. So I just don't ever think I have the time for it. So I've never played Divinity Original Sin 2. It's on my wish list. Yeah. So I kept up with it from before development through release and everything. Yeah. And and just like Divinity Original Sin 2, this one's going to be early access as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one really stood out to me as well. Because not only did it look like DOS 2, but it also, like you said, it looked improved where the character interactions just yes. look so much more impressive. It's like they almost did. like, a, you know, obli- or I want to say Oblivion Skyrim levels, but modern. Yeah. Um, proper, ar- normal RPG, not just CRPG where the camera's always up, up above them. You could bring your camera down, mm-hmm. have your dialogue options, really get face-to-face with these characters. But this was a character the guy made on stream and he yeah. had all these dialogue options that were relevant to him. Now, obviously it's a demo. I'm sure they planned most of that, but if that's what they can deliver across whatever character you make, that seems so impressive to me. Yeah. And then... The the demo was two hours. The guy died multiple times, uh, you know, and it was really fun to watch actually because he was obviously the I can't remember his name, but he's like yeah. the, one of the lead. He is the game director there. Um, like, damn, I can't remember his name, but but most people know him because he was the spokesperson basically for all the uh, Kickstarter and yeah. early access stuff for the previous games. And uh, yeah, he's really seems like a really nice and funny and passionate guy. And then when he died, it, you know, he's like, oh, I have to do this bit again. It's gonna take ten minutes, but people didn't mind. And he tried doing it then differently, so yeah. at least he could show something else. Uh, and he got, and he was like, Well, you know, that's just what happened. So, props to them for showing like a live demo, Sometimes. even if they have to use shared assets and stuff or anything like that or placeholder assets. But the thing that really stood out to me then was the combat because you went from moving around like a normal RPG, CRPG, mm-hmm. where you're able to move free form wherever you want, but then it kind of goes into this like XCOM like gameplay, yeah, except it's not on a grid, which I've never personally, I didn't if that's the way doing the original sin works exactly I can't same. believe I didn't see that before exactly same, yeah. so for me that was like mind blowing to me because I was like holy shit I've never seen turn based like this where it's not attached to a grid and you right. have this freedom that you have
1: because you've played wasteland 2 that's on a grid no is it's it? not no wasteland 2 is the exact same it's completely free form. you can go anywhere I mean it's a it's a simplified or it's a, actually it's only graphically simpler other than that the gameplay is very similar as yeah. well it's, the gameplay of, God, of yeah, this I, game I, and the ways and wasteland 2 and about to be Wasteland Three are essentially the same. The gameplay loop's the same.
0: That's crazy that I remember differently. In my yeah, Wayson
1: 2's not. I've on just a, always on a, pictured a, it on a grid. Yeah, not on a grid at all. It's well, completely freeform.
0: Either way, I guess I hadn't seen it in a while, so I was like, "Holy crap!" He's able to like jump up and down like these uh, really, really big vertical. Yeah. a lot of verticality. I guess yeah. is the, the the catchphrase that everyone uses the <laughs> word, the buzzword that everyone <laughs> yes. uses. But there was a lot of verticality, and he was able to jump up and down, kick kick items down below, and then the characters down below would use them, and then. Putting down different terrain effects and so it just looks so much fun. It looks awesome with a lot of variety, and then in between going from different dialogues, and then you're having a dialogue with someone, and they betray you, yeah. and then suddenly combat kicks off. It looks it looks really really good. So, so what so what? What's another cool thing as well is
1: obviously I've played a lot of of the last two, or um, well, and the original Baldur's Gates too, but the last two DOSs. Um, and to be honest, I'm probably going to keep saying that because I think this is much more similar to Divinity Original Sin than it is to Baldur's Gate. So I kind of see it more Divinity Original Sin three, um, but. You can, it, although you've got, you know, from, from launch, it's quite simple, you know, simplified. You don't get all the dice rolls. The game is actually completely built on dice rolls. All the dice rolls are happening behind the scenes. And with the options, you can change it to show all of that stuff. Yeah. So people that like all that D&D style dice rolling, it's all in there if you want to know what's happening behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, so I watched some video about that and they showed that, like... um I was it was easy easy allies actually yeah. those guys and they were talking about how a D20 actually gets rolled if you have if you want the option to see it and you yeah. can see the outcomes that way so that's, that's really cool that you yeah. can see that stuff as well
1: So um it
0: just looks extremely impressive I I wanted to exactly. bring it up on the show just because like I'm not a, an RP. I don't play these games. I'm yeah. always intrigued by them. I always think they look interesting. But this one, I think, will actually be one that gets me over yeah. the hump to actually get it.
1: You'll have to pick this one up. Definitely. I think
0: I'm gonna get Divinity actually, just because I want to play something like yeah. that now.
1: I mean, I mean, to be honest, I've seen it, it's it's always on such deep sales. Yeah, um, I mean, it's on
0: sale right now as we yeah, report. Yeah, it,
1: it always is. I'd highly recommend it because I mean, this
0: looks it looks so so similar. I think you'd have a great time with Divinity. Uh, okay, so moving on, another fantastic game. Next. Exactly. Yeah. So number seven, Mountain Blade. Early access launch date and pricing has been revealed. Sorry, Mountain Blade Bannerlord, I really should have said. Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord. So, Bannerlord is set to release exactly 10 years after Warband. Crazy. And will be priced at $49.99, €49.99, and £39.99. The price is not expected to change when the game leaves Early Access. And early access is expected to last around a year. Yeah. Dan Souza writes in, just like you can, over at Podcast Submissions in our Discord. If you want to know our Discord link, check the description. You can always comment on these videos as well or catch me on Patreon. I'll try to include questions anywhere we get them. He says, Mountain Blade Vanderlord 2 reveals price and release date. Do you think it's too expensive? Note that the price won't change when they left early access. So it's basically a full price game that's in early access. It is expensive. It is expensive. Let's but it, be honest. From what it looks like, it looks like any other AAA game yeah. to me. I know it's made by a small developer and it is early yeah. access, but I don't mind as long as the quality is there. I mean, I mean, to be honest, if this is anything like you know Warband
1: or any of the other Mountain Blades, I would pay double that because I know the hours of enjoyment I'm going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But I still think objectively, it is expensive for an early access game. And no matter the quality, and I think it will be fantastic.
0: 40 pounds £40 sterling is a lot for an early access game. Yeah, it's um, a good point. I, th- I think I agree actually. When it's early access, it does kind of have this. You're, you're buying in something that's yes. not complete, right? Yes. So you should get some. It should be cheaper than it would be if it was released. Which, which is what normally is the case. You normally
1: get a, yeah. a deep discount for it being early access. Then when it, everything's, you know, in a year's time and everything's, you know, A, then it will bump up by, by £10 or something. So. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. I've I think seen, I did
0: speak too soon on that one. I think I've seen
1: a lot <laughs> of other people mention that as well. Not that it's too expensive for the game total, but it's because it's early access. So this was 1.0 launch, I think it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, other than that i cannot wait darren i can't believe it's 10 years since warband
0: i think the main thing that makes me think is how well warband has held up over the last 10 years yeah well obviously has a huge modding community that just keeps it going um but i actually played it this week we'll talk about that maybe a little later i'll just talk about it now but i basically played warband this week to on my throwback thursday stream where we go back and we play some old game that i haven't played in a while or maybe i've never played now i have played warband a lot back in the day i i suck at it i'm mm. really bad at it i don't know why i mean i'm okay with the combat but then when it gets to the campaign i always run out of so, supplies so and but, but troops i and think stuff. that is that is
1: famously hard and has loads of niches and stuff like that so unless you sink a lot of time into it yeah y- you, you you are gonna be bad but at it's
0: that. funny because i must have played like i don't know 60 or 70 hours it's one of the for earliest Steam games i actually ever had and i wasn't looking up online what to do or anything yeah. and i ended up going years and years without even knowing that you could like become your own ruler of your own king- kingdom or marrying people and all that stuff. So I never knew any of that. So, so um, this game just looks looks incredible from that standpoint now. What I would recommend doing is on is on Warband, I mean, it's been out 10 years, we're not breaking the game. There
1: are some very easy to use cheats on it if you just want to see what it's like to be a king and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Just advise yourself just to, just to mess around because it is amazing having an army of Three hundred people, and then having all your knights follow you around with these massive armies. Yeah. Um, also, did you ever play, um, you know, the the other warband with Fire and Sword, and
0: then the, the Napoleon DLC? No, I okay. played the Napoleon one. Uh, I took part in the line battle. I was. I was. That's what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> the nerdiest thing I've ever my played, favorite times probably
1: on online gaming are the line battles with Napoleon they yeah. are still there to this day. I, if are, you yeah. go and play if you go and play Fire and Sword now. All anyone is playing is Napoleon line battles, and you've got a little officer in front of you with his sword up. You got a piper like piping next to you, yeah, I know. With battle, and there's like ten of you lining up against the other guys, and it is absolutely incredible. It's, it's so much fun. Your muskets don't can't hit the side of a barn. You can't That's hit anything thing. with
0: them. It's everyone
1: just yeah firing and missing each other. And the reload has... is about twenty seconds yeah. reloads. You do nothing, but it is so much fun. Um, little yeah. bagpipes in the background. And you're standing on a wall trying to defend a breach. <laughs> oh my god, Darren. It's so good.
0: Yeah, I took place in. I took part in one once where it was like eighty people or something. it was, yeah. it was pretty fun. But at the same time, I, was, I don't think I'd ever want to do it again. Really? Just, yeah, just because it's like, I don't know, you just I mean, I get it. It's just hilarious because of how ridiculous everything yeah. is, right? And people, yeah, exactly, you're reloading, just running up to people, yeah. you can't do it, you're trying to swing swords at them, so it is just like chaotic, yeah. ridiculous fun, but yeah. I He's, don't know.
1: At <laughs> least once a month, I do a live battle on the Napoleon, <laughs> I funny. love them, because there's so many good maps out there for them as well, and it's all these different choke points, and taking these different star forts, and all oh, I never did any of that, oh, for me it was
0: like an open field, basically. Oh yeah,
1: no, no, there's, that. that's good, but there's way more, there's ones where you've got like take a gatehouse, and you've got to capture the gatehouse, right. and then take the next floor, and you've got cannons going off, and you can... Um, you know, you can then flank the castle on ships to go around the side of it when you're in your little, you know, bayonet charging and stuff. You can get in boats. Oh, we... you can get in boats. And then you, then oh, I never saw that them, either. then pilot them around the side. There's there's so much stuff um, in yeah. addition to that. Um, but, but yeah, th- this game has already
0: got mods for it. So it's yeah. in, a, in a sort of a closed beta. Yeah. And yeah, I think I don't know how you actually got into it, but it wasn't open to everybody. I couldn't get in. So I'm, um, I'm not in. I haven't played Warband. Manalord, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't have... say you did. I'm oh, sorry. No, I was just saying that it oh, is a beta. i have like, I have got in. <laughs> No, 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 but I haven't got in, personally. But um, but based on that, like, a few YouTubers are already showing some of the mods that um, are yeah. available, and there's, like, some people... It's really interesting. There's communities that are developing models and stuff for, like, the last year or two, knowing mm-hmm. that it's going to go into the game eventually when it comes yeah. out. So they're trying to have, like, stuff ready, basically, yeah. for when stuff comes out. It's really interesting. So the modding scene for the game is huge.
1: I mean, to be honest, I think it's all built on a very similar framework to the previous one, so yeah. modders know exactly what they're doing. It's all been very, very simple to do that sort of stuff. Well, um, they,
0: they've been really... Um, communicative about that about what uh, exporter you need and for models and stuff and like what they're using so they do have a it's an upgraded engine i don't know if it's a brand new one yeah i I don't have the information on that but it is definitely at the very least upgraded i remember them doing big engine videos and talking about like their uh, landscape generation and stuff like that but, um, yeah, they've been putting out blog posts for the last few years telling yeah. people about the different tools that you can use if you mm-hmm. want to get stuff in the game eventually. So, um, it's really mod-friendly. I mean, to be like, that's so actually a really... Friendly. It's such a great idea to do that before your game even comes out. Yeah. It's like, hey, if you want to get ready for stuff, like this is what you could be doing. That's actually a really nice but I, 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 On the side, I mean,
1: all these companies that are very open and active with their modders do so much better than companies that don't. Because, like, Warband would have crumbled years ago if it hadn't been for the modding community, to, yeah. to be honest. That's why it's so big, because you have this vast amount of everything from maps to complete single player rehauls to every every different universe you can imagine has been remade in single player yeah um and other games you know games like rimworld and other games which are so mod friendly um they always do so well the companies that embrace their embrace their communities like that cause it does give the longevity but i haven't i haven't played banal yet i've seen a lot of videos of it i absolutely cannot wait all i want is a slightly better looking warband and that's what it looks mm. like
0: i personally i I don't know how big warband is we're kind of debating this in our discord Mm. like how many players are going to be in the game on launch i personally think it's going to be like massive
1: so i like absolutely huge so i think warband was 120 or something like that you could get up to i believe no no Um, no no no.
0: i mean concurrent players who are going to buy the game oh god it's going to be absolutely massive. i think it's like going to be one of the biggest steam launches of the year i think
1: so too i think it'd be absolutely Um, massive yeah but anyway Um,
0: we'll we'll see we'll report back on those numbers when it happens um, all right, so that's pretty much it for all the news segments that we have. Then we have noteworthy releases. I think uh, what we'll do with this, Toby, is mm-hmm. we'll alternate okay. um, so that I'm not just reading all of these cool. little things. But we're not going to talk about the individual games, just kind of report them as the noteworthy releases, and then we'll talk about what we've been playing at the end. So uh, you can actually kick it off with this first one. Uh, actually, no, no, Do it no. the other way around. Do it do the other way because RimWorld's next. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one, uh, then, for noteworthy releases and things that's kind of come out or been revealed to be coming out pretty soon, uh, will be Destiny 2's Season of the Worthy. Uh, bungie has revealed everything coming the next destiny 2 season season of the worthy this season includes pve content mostly centered around helping rasputin as well as in the pvp activity trials of osiris Uh, the season begins on march 10th 2020 and ends on june 9th its season pass will cost 1000 silver so obviously this game is a free to play free to play game now on steam that you can just hop into anytime you want and then i guess with the in-game paid currency Mm -hmm. which is silver i suppose i don't i don't play the game so i don't know uh yeah do you know the what the real value of that would be then? um i think there's about 20 quid okay then um so yeah that's pretty much it just wanted to give it a mention i don't personally play destiny but i have friends who do and they say it's really good i did
1: i've stopped playing now because yeah. the, this this year's absolutely terrible but i did play a lot of destiny <laughs> and i thought this season looks terrible as well because if we I'm, be I'm not going back um, this season's terrible this season looks doesn't look good i mean really who knows but i mean to be honest the last since it went free to play the feedback's been negative and it's been sliding down again. It had a huge player spike when it went free to play yeah. and since then it's been, been falling back down again. It's one of those games where it will always have people play it because it's, it's got a very addictive gameplay loop. The gameplay of Destiny is fantastic. I love it. It has some of the most satisfying combat and shooting ever but um, but the, the Bungie have just got more and more money hungry. They've monetized
0: more and more things in it um, and wasn't that like what people said that Activision were doing now they parted with Activision I thought things had gotten better so people thought that was going to be the case but they made a lot of bad
1: decisions involving uh, involving you know putting no new armor sets into the game the only armor sets they're putting into the game are paid for and all these other things so mm. they keep introducing these new challenges but the rewards are essentially non-existent so they're pointless so though the actual gameplay of them is fun there's no reward tier and a few things like that so you know people will still like it personally it's not enough to take me
0: back uh, another thing that just I just thought of as well, we had some people like uh, correcting us before in the previous episode on certain things. Uh, if we do get anything wrong, or if you feel like you want to voice your own concerns about certain things that you think, let's say you disagree with Toby about Destiny Two, you should write in in the comments, and we'll include it uh, next week in the kind of uh, at the beginning. I think that'd be good. It's only our opinions. We'd love. We're happy to be wrong. Yeah. Okay, so next one for you, Toby. A
1: surprise release of RimWorld 1.1 update, and the main surprise there was the new expansion, Royalty, that they'd told nobody about. Um, So, is the Empire has arrived. Their honour-bound culture wields hyper-advanced technology while bowing to the ancient traditions of kings and queens. Now they settle the RimWorld and seek allies. Um, Currently sitting at about 92% positive reviews on Steam across about 600-700 reviews. Um, royalty brings with it royal titles psychic powers quests new mech clusters which are basically mech bases and imperial tech um, now i've been playing a lot of rimrod this week it's going to be on one of the main games i played and um, the expansion and it's f- absolutely fantastic yeah um to be honest so people knew 1.1 was coming that was expected but then on top of that they went oh by the way here's the is here's a, here's a massive update by the way and also here's a whole new expansion that we, we'd never told anybody about nobody yeah. knew about was completely under the radar um now the expansion has, you know, it's not completely game changing or any, in any in any way, but it's added a, a whole bunch of new features, a whole new way, a bunch of ways to play. And Rimworld is one of those games where you have either got zero hours played or a thousand hours played, yeah, so yeah. Um, it's, it's no, there's no in the middle. People, people, you know, it's like Marmot. People love it or hate it. So it's the case of you know, if if it's not worth buying Rimworld for the expansion or anything like that. But if you've got a thousand hours in Rimworld, it's going to give you another few hundred hours gameplay yeah. straight away off the back of that. Um, I mean, personally, I recommend it very, very highly. It's probably one of my favourite games of all time. I think in terms of just it's one of Steam's highest rated games. Of all well, time? I, I didn't yeah. know that, but I'm, I'm not surprised. It's just fantastic. Um, and once again, the, they feed back into what I was talking about earlier in terms of um, developers that work with their community. Rimworld is made by about four people that 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 make this game. Um, they released 1.1. It broke a bunch of mods, um, and then literally in the middle of the night, in like in um, in the developers' time zone, uh, there was some um, like an, a, some sort of new .dot um, net patch was released, or Microsoft framework was released. It broke their entire modding framework in the middle of the night. They updated everything, changed everything, messaged all their models. and were like, oh, this is what you've got to do to fix everything. Wow. Um, yeah. And everything was fixed in like two hours. They're super engaged. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, overall, it's a fantastic game. If you want to commit war crimes but don't want to go to prison, play Rimworld. You're going to have whole colonies where you just farm slaves, you know, organs, and sell them for profit, and it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, We'll talk about it in a minute. You can tell me what you've been doing in it. Yeah. Uh, all right, so the next one is the Division 2 Warlords of New York DLC. The only way to stop a citywide bio-attack is to hunt Aaron Keener down. But to get him, <laughs> agents first must get through his close guard of rogue agents standing in the way. Once trained by the Division, each strained for... Each strayed for individual beliefs, only to regroup under a common banner held by Keener. Warlords of New York is set during the late summer in the open world of Lower Manhattan. A brand new area in the Division franchise composed of four new playable areas, two bridges, Civic Centre, Battery Park and Financial District. You've been playing it. This is my second second played game of this week. Um, Got the DLC yesterday, completed it
1: today. It's really good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's... Well, we'll,
0: we'll, talk, we'll get to that then. Okay, as we'll we'll then. talk
1: about that later. Uh, next Great one up is for you. Um Halo Combat Evolved, oh my god, why'd you make me read this one? Um no offense. Um Halo Combat Evolved recently dropped onto Steam and the Microsoft Game Pass, seemingly with no warning on March the 3rd as part of the Master Chief collection. Um the game is listed as a DLC that fits into the collection for free if you already own it or can be purchased separately. The Master Chief collection released on Steam and Game Pass on December the 3rd, with one game in the collection, Halo Reach. Four months later, Halo Combat Evolve has been added, and over time, the collection plans to fill out, adding four more titles Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 3 OD- ODST, Halo 4. These games are all basically the same. Um, oh <laughs> these, these ga- Sorry, everyone. Um, these games aim to boast four, uh, 60K, 4K support with up res textures and improved. 60K? <laughs> 60 60fps, FPS, 4K. 4K support, sorry, reading anything about Halo makes me feel ill, um, this is a very long paragraph. I don't even know
0: why you dislike
1: it. Oh, it's terrible. Um, the collection has also suffered a sharp drop-off in concurrent players. Um, originally, the MCC launched with a peak of 161,000 players, but averages only about four to 5,000 daily at the moment. Um, since Combat Evolved released, the player count has spiked up to about 35,000 according to Steam. Um, I'm really sorry, but Halo's just not my cup of tea at all. I i hate Halo. I'm I'll put it that I way. mean,
0: I just don't play Halo and I've always I mean it's an unpopular opinion. I hate to give unpopular opinions, I guess, I but it. personally I just think it's kinda of generic. But I don't know. And you know what? The concurrent player base is backing me up. <laughs> right? Hundred and sixty thousand nostalgia freaks went in there, four thousand remain. Yeah. But no, yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised that um, I think it w- it's just the interesting thing here, actually, is that with uh, it's spiking back up to 35,000. That's mm. good and all, but like it really is a fraction of what started off, so it's kind of weird. But it depends on the game, I guess. Yeah. So when Halo 3, I imagine, kind of releases for this collection, which will be a bit later, the game will probably like see a massive jump. Uh, some people have noted, though, that they're a little bit uh, unhappy that the game is missing its Forge mode and Griff mm. Ball. Uh, at least from Halo Reach. So, it doesn't seem to have absolutely everything that the yeah. old ones did, but generally but, people still really like it though.
1: Things personally, although with my own with my own, you know, hyper hyper feelings aside. I mean, t- I don't know what people are really expecting. These, these are the majority of these games have been out for multiple years that people have got extensive experience on. They're obviously going to play for as as you said due to nostalgia for a period of time yeah. and then probably drop off again. Um, well, people
0: people play for the single player. Yes. Um like they have mu- these new multiplayer additions nice, yeah. and things like that and support i guess that they wouldn't have otherwise had but i i think one of the most popular for multiplayer was halo 3 mm. so and 2 so when 2 and 3 come out that'll really give that'll, that'll tell if the game has legs in terms of beyond it's single player yeah. not that it needs it i mean it's done very well so
1: people like it good for them i mean it's got an absolutely huge community um yeah. it's just never never really for me
0: uh, so the next one's Hearts of Iron: La Resistance. La Resistance adds secret agents, espionage missions, and new options for resistance movements for Hearts to Hearts of Iron 4, the popular grand strategy war game from Paradox Development Studio. Send agents into dangerous territory to, to decipher enemy secrets or prepare the ground for your invasion by propping up collaborators who will be happy for any taste of power. Vive la Resistance! <laughs> so. Yeah, this came out uh, just a little while ago now from from release of this episode. It's actually sitting out mixed reviews. Uh, A lot of people are kind of unhappy with certain things in the game. It takes quite a while to uncover those things. As with Paradox games, that's just the way they work. It kind of takes like a playthrough before you start to realize the flaws and problems and how you can game things and if things aren't fully well designed. So I don't know much about it. I played Hearts of Iron 4 quite a bit when it came out, but um, it's not one of my go-to Paradox games. I much prefer personally Stellaris. Uh Even compared to Rome, because I have just terrible taste, I guess with that, one. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I really like art of Iron. it's just it's for, for, I don't know if it's just like for me, it just never brings me back though I don't know why it's like okay, World War ii like I've done it now,
1: <laughs> I don't know why I feel <laughs> why I feel that way
0: to me to me, I've always felt like things kind of play out the same, but it's been so long since I played it, they've added in way more stuff where there's more things called focus trees mm. where countries can kind of divide and do different things than they did historically um. So yeah, just from kind of uh, by proxy, by reading your reviews, it's unmixed. So not too f- 100% familiar with it, but people are saying like the agent stuff is either overpowered or it's completely useless uh, depending on which path you take. So I don't know, that's just what I've read about it. Um, so we'll move on from that. Next okay, so one. So a
1: Beautiful Desolation is a 2D isometric adventure game set in the distant future. Explore a post-apocalyptic landscape, solve puzzles, meet new friends and make powerful enemies, mediate conflicts and fight for your life as you unravel the secrets of the world around you.
0: Yeah, so this game is just one I've just only picked up yeah. myself and had a look at. It looks, it's graphically um, really, really nice. It's 2D, mm-hmm. of course, as you read, but it's just really beautiful artwork. And it's called Beautiful Desolation, actually. I liked it. But um, yeah, it's it's like another CRPG, but there's no combat, actually. There's no combat. So it's just it's just about the story and going around this like, yeah. kind of post-apocalyptic world. It's really, really interesting. I watched a little bit on Twitch as well for a while. It's, cool. it, looks, it looks really good. It's only like £12, so it's probably like $15. Sounds good. Uh, the next one is Death and Taxes, and this also has a demo if you want to try it out. In this 2D short narrative-based game, you assume the role of the Grim Reaper on an office job. Your job is to decide which people are going to live or die. The consequences of your choices are yours to bear, while the mystery of your incarnation awaits revelation. It's just another one that just looks cool. It was in the new and trending, and it has like uh, really positive reviews. had a lot of people playing it. It's kind of a fun, I, I, interesting I, I premise. I don't you know
1: anything about it, but it struck me as a bit of a, um, a
0: Papers, Please sort of vibe. Sort of like that, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's the sort of impression I got
0: um and then there's just some extras i thought we'd mention obviously rim world royalty we talked about that ultimate admiral age of sail that literally just came out today so no word on that one yet tank mechanic simulator oh my god i saw a video of that and i <laughs> wanted to gouge out my own eyes some people apparently really like I'm, it people like
1: train simulator darren you cannot trust people
0: um besiege came out of early access and then there's awesome. two games on the epic store uh, corruption 2029 this is made by the guys that made mutant year zero it's an XCOM style sort of game if you want yeah. to call it that with rpg mechanics is well, where you move around and then it goes into XCOM combat mm-hmm. etc uh it looks really cool i watched a little bit of it i mean it looks pretty simple but it also graphically it looks really nice as well uh and then overpass which is sort of a it's another epic game it's um uh, kind of a rally game sort okay. of uh where cool. you're driving buggies around dunes and stuff like that Look. it looks really nice though Rooks are really good as well it's quite expensive though uh, so those are all the noteworthy releases. So those are just, I don't know, I, I think it's relevant to kind of talk about the new releases that are kind of coming out. I know we haven't played everything, so we don't have all the information about everything, but it's more just to bring it to your attention. You might like the sound of one of these yeah. games, uh, and then you can go look it up yourself as well. And obviously, if we've been playing them, then we can talk about them further. Um, oh, we did have a release here. I, I need to—I need you to read this one. It's tradition. <laughs> All right, so we do have a special release that we—I love to hear Toby read this, these. This is my
1: favorite. Segment. This game is called. I, st- I still do not decided exactly what voice I need to use for these, but I'll—I'll I'll, I'll workshop it and it'll, you Set know, the tone. we'll get it down. We'll get it down. I want—I want to play some like, I want to play some like smooth jazz in the background of this when I read these out. That's okay, what, that's what I we want. We could done. do that.
0: Toby's anime corner. So
1: this week's uh, anime corner with with Toby is uh, kill or love. Jack, a man with no memory of his childhood, is stuck in a hospital following a near-fatal injury. How sad. His girlfriend, meanwhile, is being held captive. Oh, my God. To make matters worse, Jack's nurse is Anna, the woman who kidnapped his girlfriend and who put Jack in the hospital in the first place. Um,
0: (laughs) That does make matters worse. (laughs) (laughs) That makes matters a lot worse, Um, (laughs) Darren.
1: Anna is obsessed with him to an unhealthy degree, and the answer to why lies somewhere in the past this short visual novel follows jack as he makes desperate plans to say the girl dearest to him and as he remembers how anna tore through his life
0: Oh, there you go that's kill oh my or love what are you gonna do Are you gonna fall in love with anna or are you gonna kill her i'm gonna kill her <laughs> the game again with all of these extremely highly rated of course it is with many many ratings i think is it's this like one x rated readings. as well
1: or is this just a weird game
0: um yeah it's a good question i didn't see it in this in the screenshots if it had any uh Lewd photos. Yeah, because I mean, in the if, other ones, it was straight up pornography. Please in those tell me this doesn't end
1: with Jack, Anna, and and his and his other girlfriend, who they don't name, having a three way because that made me want to kill myself. I'll lose faith. In I irony. mean, it's
0: definitely um, sexual in how they portray the art, but I wouldn't say it's straight up pornographic. Um, but yeah, no, check it no. out if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> well, well, lastly then, Darren, what have you been playing this week? Yeah, so I've only been playing a couple of games because I've been quite busy, but uh, I've been playing Hell Let Loose. It's after getting a new update called the Road to Carantana nice. update. So this game came out about a year ago now, uh, under a year ago, but almost, almost coming up to a year. It's in early access. to World War II hundred-player multiplayer-only shooter, and it's kind of like a realistic shooter. I best describe it as a combination of Postscriptum, if mm-hmm. those people know that, maybe Squad, yeah, Squad and Red Orchestra kind of meeting in the middle Sweet. somewhere. So there's these big maps. But it's not as realistic as something like a squad. It's more like a red orchestra. So it's a bit more like flow in terms of mechanics. It's more like red orchestra, but in terms of map size, it's like squad. You got these big maps. So
1: they, they seem to be updating it really because they didn't have um didn't they have a world like a beach um like yeah. a beach update only a few months ago.
0: Yep. So every two to three months they've been adding a new map, and then every month or so in between they keep adding like extra just yep. fixes and features and things like that. So. They have this really great roadmap, and this is why I think the game is doing so well and maintaining its player base and doing and just surviving and having just having a solid player base come yeah. back to it regularly. Is that they're adding meaningful updates, it's not just like a little bit of gameplay progression things here or there. So, basically, what they've been adding over time, over the, since it came out, they've added like three or so new maps, and these yeah. are like massive, massive maps with their own, own kind of like feel to them. There's um been improvements to progression so they've made an actual progression system now so you can actually level up your characters or not your characters level up your classes so it's a class based yeah. world war ii shooter there's like six different classes the classes are limited so you go in with a squad and there's like one mg guy that can be in the squad there's one medic there's one whatever and then there's a bunch of riflemen. and mm-hmm. you can take whatever you choose it's up to your squad leader then to talk to you and basically tell you what you what role you should take that he needs yeah. at the time. You know, you might need a support guide to put down um, spawn points to help you help your team spawn in uh, and things like that. I won't go won't go too in depth with it, but it's really, really good fun. Obviously it's based on communication, like your squad leader can then talk to all the other squad leaders, and then you've got a commander who sits at the top and he can talk to all squad leaders as well. And he'll ask squad leaders to kind of go to different places, mm-hmm. do different things, and also ask them to utilize engineers to build nodes, which gives him resources to allow him to then call in support, like uh, mm-hmm. strafing runs, bombing attacks, yeah. things like that. So it it's all heavily yeah. interconnected and interdependent on each other. So it's, so it's so interesting just to build, like to get a bombing run. It's like, okay, well I need to phone down to a squad, tell them to get an engineer to place a node. The node needs to be placed when you have a support in there as well because you need something called supply. So it's just like everything relies on each other. Mm -hmm. And then you're always pushing and pulling on this front. Anyway, so they've added three maps. They've added all of that kind of progression stuff uh, as well where you can, like, level up your guys. You can actually give commendations. So if you've got a good commander, you can say, hey, he was great. Or maybe a particular guy was great and gives him a 10% XP buff at the end. Uh, and when you level up you basically just get like cosmetics but if you're an officer and you level up you Mm -hmm. typically start with like a short range weapon but as you level up you'll get a long range weapon to be able to use uh, which just gives you flexibility you can switch it whenever you want really Um, and what else I think that's I think that's pretty much it cool there's definitely one other thing that I can't think of right now oh they've been adding different vehicles like different tanks and Mm -hmm. things like that so it's just a it's a really great really really great game it's it's hard because obviously you need to kind of play it with people you need to talk to people um if you really want to get the most yeah. out of it. Um but it's got a really good in-game voice chat system where you can just talk to people around you, you have proximity, so even if you're not with your squad for whatever reason, you can talk to people you're coming up against. Um and that's pretty much it. That's hell let loose. I've just been playing that since that update came out, and a few of us have been jumping on and uh Oh yeah, that's the last thing they added, a new game mode. So it's actually kinda of like it's sort of similar to Russian Battlefield. You don't plant bombs, but there's two points. That they have to capture two points before they can mm. capture the next two and it just falls back so typically the mode in the game is more like a tug of war uh both both teams start start with half the map and they're kind of pushing and pulling uh, but this new mode is really just like one team is the defender and they're kind of pushed all the way back if they lose and that's essentially it that's how that loose it's really really good worth checking out uh, you can actually get it pretty cheap around different places as well but on steam it's about 30 dollars, i think but it's been on discount before when these updates come out it is still early access. Something that they're planning on working on soon is uh, better animations is what they've been talking about. So it's got pretty good animation. Like things are animated, things are fine. It's just that um, things can feel a little bit stiff and janky and they plan on smoothening that out as well as um, I think adding an audio overhaul. Uh, and that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. Before I talk about other ones, we'll maybe alternate this as well. So you can talk, so, to, tell me about RimWorld. So
1: RimWorld what I've mainly been playing, the the uh, the royalty update this week, which is absolutely fantastic. I mean, I've got hundreds of hours of Rimworld anyway I, I played it literally almost since it came into early access must be three and a half four years ago mm. now if, if, if not even longer um, but yeah so the royalty update basically adds a whole new overarching faction obviously I can't go into the absolute basics of Rimworld you kind of know or, or you don't really but essentially you drop to the prestige you drop, um, um generated world and you survive however best you see fit you can do literally anything in the game you could be a trader or a slaver you can make combat you know you'll face um, increasing challenges over time. It's a struggle to survive. You've got to grow your own food and all this sort of stuff. Um, in the top-down perspective, royalty essentially as this overarching empire faction to the game, um, which if you do things for them, they will make one of your people one of them essentially, and you progress up the ranks from like a, some sort of like ye um, like yeoman lord to like a knight to a baron to a count all these different things. Which is fantastic because you get loads of new abilities and they they help you and become your allies and all sorts of things but as you make your little pawn as they're called in rim the pawn which is your person um you know as you progress him up the ranks in his desolate wasteland he becomes more and more needy and demanding so you live in your little wooden shed just trying to survive you know from a day-to-day life scratching and living out of the ground and he's asking for a throne room, and he won't talk to people, and he won't do work anymore because he thinks he's above work now. So he's just prancing around his little throne room, and you're <laughs> desperately, desperately trying to survive. But he is not interested. Um, so there are pros and cons to uh, to to advancing, but it adds a adds a whole lot to the game, and it's absolutely fantastic.
0: So um, you mentioned that you play as you you said the word you a lot, yes. But you do you don't play as one person; you no. control multiple, right? You so- control
1: the colony via orders of what to do rather than the people specifically like you yeah. said i want this area it's kind of like dwarf fortress in 3d yeah you, i want this area in mind i want this built and then based on the priorities the that you select in yeah. the job list your people will go and do that um how big th- how have you gotten your colony up to is it about size oh, or, you, or is it more you can just... get it up to as big as you want until the computer crashes which is about 150 people right but the game is programmed to try and keep you between um there's different difficulties and the different difficulties have an ideal range. So um, the average range is like is like eight to fifteen, and if you're beyond that, the computer won't won't kill them or anything like that, but it will send harder challenges that you designed to knock some people off, yeah. designed to kill people off, and get it down to the ideal sort of banding. That's interesting. And, but obviously, if you're amazing, you could have fifty people.
0: Did you make me in the game?
1: Uh, I haven't met anybody in the game to be honest. I haven't actually been individual and named anyone.
0: You wouldn't put yourself in it. No, because I
1: mean, it's so you brutal, Darren. It's so brutal. I mean, who if someone goes, personality you know, I've got I've got a guy with asthma at the moment. So currently, I have I have um, you know, so, so uh, some little tribal race who live near me, but are completely under advanced. They they attack my like plasma guns with with sticks and oh, stuff God. at the moment. They get slaughtered. They took, like fifty of them attack and they all get murdered. But one guy was unlucky enough to not get killed outright. He got knocked out. And unfortunately, one of my uh, one of my top guys has asthma and he needs some new lungs, Darren. And that slave, unfortunately, is not getting any medicine, but his lungs are being taken out. Really? You can do that? Oh, yes. Uh, His organs are being harvested and they're going to go straight into my guy that needs them more.
0: That's pretty advanced lung replacement. It is.
1: Yeah. Full body replacement.
0: Um, so the other game that I've been playing is uh, um, by the way that Rimworld sounds amazing I mean so I've, I played it a little bit and we played it on stream and it was really good fun I've just never gone back to it yeah, though. Yeah. no excuse really I mean I, I thought it was really funny I can't really quite remember my, my story but I remember having some woman that was like crazy and she was trying to kill people and we locked her in like a room Anyways, it's just I can't remember too much about it, <laughs> yeah. but it, she she essentially ended up going outside fighting people, just could one stop fighting people. Oh, yeah, and then That's ended up a mental breakdown, yeah, yeah breakdown. exactly. She was yeah. exactly, and then she ended up fighting an animal and getting killed. Oh, it will uh, happen. So, yeah. yeah, and someone was falling in love with her at yeah. the same time, so yeah. it caused him to really be upset. Yeah. He went out there with a gun, we well, didn't just, know what he was gonna just do, just went down from <laughs> downhill from there, yeah. So, it's just those funny little stories, yeah, that, yeah. Um, and especially being the first time playing it, I was like, just, I wasn't too sure. And I was looking, like, why aren't you doing, like, any jobs? And stuff yeah. I was like, oh, she's like a lunatic <laughs> or <Yeah>. something. <laughs> it, does, it does take some
1: getting used to until yeah. you get the systems down. Well, this the
0: thing, it's super not user friendly. No, it's but not. Having a stream behind me telling me, like, what, what's going on helps yeah. a lot. The
1: thing is, because I've been playing it since almost day one, so many of the features now weren't in there. And they've been added piecemeal over time. So mm. I picked them up in a much easier way. Yeah. Uh,
0: so the next game I've been playing is a game called Tower. I did a video on this one. I saw it, it was a very good video. I appreciate that <laughs> um yeah so this is quite a pretty niche game so i just decided to do a video on it though because it had taken some of my time away from me so i thought i'd get something for that back uh but essentially it's a tower defense game it's a it's just kind of an indie game it looks kind of like a uh simplified graphics like a voxel graphic kind of game so it's nothing like too crazy but it's quite impressive nonetheless how many stuff uh how many enemies are, are on screen and things like that essentially you've got this world and it's being captured by this enemy force And you fight these series of battles to then kind of take back control of the planet uh, by winning these uh, series of tower defense battles. And then as you keep fighting, you build up your tower and uh, build new weapons on it and stuff. And you have this kind of progression that carries over with you. If you lose, it's not game over. You've lost a little bit of control of your planet, but you can get it back if you win the next few rounds. It's got a really in-depth like bunch of weapons and different systems and technology trees and stuff like that. It's really, really good. It's just that for me as i said in the video the um world control system seemed to be like really really easy yeah so, so i never really felt challenged by it although there is this like giant boss fight that comes every 50 days actually it's on day 50 then every 25 days after that and that that's actually like really difficult but you can't do anything that you there's nothing really you could do to speed up your progression to get better like i've been <laughs> winning almost every fight and i still can't beat it you just have to wait until you have pretty much all the text and then you'll get it done mm-hmm. so it's got really good potential i i'd, I'd have a look at it if it's ever on sale, maybe. Because yeah, you, that's it, what it looked like to me. It yeah, cool. it looks. It's a cool, fun little game to play while it's on sale, maybe. Um, that's pretty much it for everything I've played. What's the last? So, game well, the last, last, last. Make, uh,
1: absolutely, the second mm-hmm. thing I've been playing is the Vision Two expansion this week. Um so, the, um, so
0: worth mentioning really quickly. That this is on sale while this comes out. It's on. It's like two to three dollars. Yeah. Pounds on the Epic Game Store. I know it's the Epic Games Store. Yeah. We get it. But uh, I'm probably gonna buy it because it's just so cheap honestly it's it's a bargain if I mean for, for, for two or
1: three pounds and dollars it's you know if you play it for a couple of hours you've got your money's worth really and and you will because it is um, I'm not ever said it's a perfect game I played it when it launched on on um, ps4 for a few months and then dropped it Um but it is fantastic looking. It's got a great gameplay loop, it's really satisfying in a lot of ways. So it is worth checking out if, if you on. I mean, for for two pounds fifty, I think it is it's worth it. it's worth having a look mm-hmm. at. Um so you've made yeah. the expansion, or yes, the, yes, the expansion yeah. launched yesterday. I've uh, essentially finished it, i one mission left to do today. Um and it was really, really good. So Did you was, find Aaron Keener? Aaron Keener is he's next on my hit list. I've killed all his buddies <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm knocking at his door. I'm ready to go. Aaron keener his days are numbered. Um but um, so Division One was set in New York, Division yeah. Two was set in Washington DC. Um, but this expansion is—you've basically been called back to New York with a, a problem. You know, the, this, the the fictional agency you work for, the Division, has had a bunch of rogue members who have um, you know doing some terrible things to some you know people in uh, people in New York, and you've come back to save the day. Um, it is really cool, mainly because. Washington, D.C. is awesome because you fight down the mull by the Washington Monument and by Lincoln Memorial. You fight in all these amazing places in the White House that you see all the time. Um, but it's, it all looks kind of one way. And it's very different to how New York looks, which is all completely built up and high rise and a very different feel. So it's quite a cool change of pace to go back to that. Um, and to be honest, I, I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like the, the expansion looks so much better than the base game. It seems like just the lighting's done so well in it. I think it's like for a, you know, a, a big expansion... Um, Physically, a, a big expansion game, uh, like area play, play area wise. Sorry, um, it looks absolutely fantastic. It's really engaging. I think. Maybe they
0: dropped an update as well to improve things.
1: The, they, there was nothing too, but I don't know how much that changed or not. I don't know yeah. if it's just me, um, but personally, I think it looks much, much better. Um, but yeah, the expansion was fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. There's loads of bits and bobs to do. It's come on the on, on the back of a massive update that's completely changed the entire end game of the division. Added a load more content, changed a load of things as well. Um, so. So to be honest, I recommend. Obviously, if you haven't played it before, don't buy the expansion. Don't bother. Buy the base game for for, for a couple couple dollars. Check it out. See what you think. And if after you have played it, you know, and and played through the base game, then you'll see how you feel. But
0: it's, it's definitely worth having a look at. I was going to say as well. So you've been playing on your own. Yes. Yeah. So, and it's still good. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. yeah so, so that's kind of how I want to play yeah. it. Like I'd because that game looks really cool to me. But the mm-hmm. thing that always turned me off is that I'm just not that big of a multiplayer guy. Yeah um like it can be fun when you've got a squad to go in with but i hate i play yeah. games at ungodly hours yeah, right yeah. two and two, two or three in the morning sometimes and my friends aren't online so, so i just I like so to have games like as, that Where as i, as I was saying to
1: you i think division two is probably um probably one of the best multiplayer slash single player like the way they're integrated out of any big game like that i've ever played because i mean the, the whole game is completely doable solo you don't need to ever see any another person it's a solo experience but at any time you want to any mission you start you literally press one button and it'll match you up with other people around the world if you want to play with other people um but if not it never prompts you to it never directs you to it is a single player game that can interact with other players if you want to yeah um so it's really really good for that so i play by myself and then when i feel like it i jump into a random matchmaking with a bunch of other people online and we all just have a good you know have a good time and complete
0: missions sounds good All right. Well, that's going to be it for our episode three. Um, So we're going to be back hopefully in two weeks uh, and you can get episodes early over on patreon.com slash Republic of Play. Also let us know what you think. Your feedback has been super valuable. You know, I think we've hopefully as well for this episode, cleaned up some of the audio issues and maybe we're just getting more into a natural rhythm, I think with things as well, just in general. And uh, hopefully we'll just continue and keep getting better and improve over time. And eventually... With enough support, maybe we'll be able to do it even weekly, and I can pay Toby. Oh my God! Thousands of pounds. Thousands for his of time. pounds. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> and then we'll do we'll do a Twitch stream one day as well.
0: Yeah, no, it'd be cool. I've been thinking of just doing. Yeah, we should we should play games on Twitch in general, like um, if we have time. Like Deep Rock Galactic is has. Something yeah, know. I'm thinking about that. We do
1: need to get back on that. again. Something I didn't
0: mention, but they've had an update and they're yeah. coming out of early access in a few months. Like that'd be awesome to play that game again mm-hmm. as well. Um, All right. So thanks very much for listening, everybody. Appreciate all the feedback on the previous episodes. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you give us a like. If you're listening on iTunes and Spotify, which apparently we have actually quite a lot of people there, um, maybe consider leaving a review or something, helping us out, maybe rising it up a bit. I don't really want to promote this podcast until I feel like we're finally like in a good rhythm. We're a little bit more consistent and we've got the format nailed down. And then eventually I'll start like promoting it in videos and stuff and it'll really take off and Toby (laughs) will become super famous and leave me in the dust. All right, that's it for today. Thanks very much for watching. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.